Hi, Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig, and hi, everyone, and welcome to the paddocks. On this episode, we're doing one of my favorite things. We are doing a driver's spotlight. Now, if you haven't heard these before, we're just going to be doing a little deep dive on who Oscar Piastri is, that's today's choice, and how he started his journey in F1. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say Oscar surprised me a few times during my research. To talk more about that, though, we have Hannah, Meg, KC, and myself, Chelsea, and I'm going to pass it off to Hannah and KC for a little background on his early young days. Oscar Jack Piastri, born in Melbourne, Australia in 2001. Piastri's racing career began in karting in 2011. His parents are Chris and Nicole Piastri, and he actually has three sisters, but I couldn't find their names as they live a pretty private life in regards to family. Fun fact about his dad is that Chris Piastri served as Oscar's mechanic during the early racing years in Australia and is now the founder and owner of HP Turners, which is a vehicle diagnostic automotive software company. From a young age, Oscar showed his interest in cars. In fact, his favorite bedtime stories were about cars. On top of that, his family started to notice his fascination with engines and decided as a family to support him in this, however and whenever it would take him. His mother and father both had an interest in cars and racing, with his mother made a commitment to further his love with it by showing him what cruise control was and the importance of it for speeding reasons to help him down the line. LOL. The start of Oscar's racing career didn't start with physical motor vehicles, but it actually started with RC remote control car racing, an activity that he actually did with his dad. He first started with the touring cars, uh, which are like less like the Formula One open wheel cars and more like a regular car you would see in the one eighth scale before he moved up to the one tenth scale. These small cars are actually pretty quick and can go up to around 68 miles per hour. Graced with the BRCCC, the Baronia Radio Control Car Club, and Team X-Ray, which uses the X-Ray brand um, RC products, is what I, from what I could find, and is part of the FEMCA, which is the Far East Model Car Association. So that would be a region that includes Australia. And even though he was pretty young when he was doing this, he was very successful and often um, was beating grown adults in his RC racing adventures. Uh, one that I was able to find was the 2010 EP On-Road Australian National Title, where past, both Piastri's were very successful, with Oscar winning the Superstock 10.5 class and his dad winning the Stock 17.5 class. And according to Oscar, his time in RC racing actually helped him prepare for karting due to learning some of the technical side of things. He was able to develop a basic understanding of how the, changing the setups on the RC cars involved the shock springs, toe, camber, and even tire temperatures, how that could improve performance. And it even helped him learn what a racing line was, which helped him with his karting and eventually even further on in his motorsport journey. So Oscar Piastri's start in karting actually ended up standing out from a young age. He won several national championships in Australia, 
where later his family moved to England to support his career even further. He rose to the ranks in Australia and began competing in Europe in 2015 with Ricky Flynn Motorsports. He worked his way up through divisions in Australia and Europe, notably finishing third in the Australian Kart Championship in 2015. His best finish in karts came in 2016 when he finished the season's CIK FIA World Championship OKJ Series 6 overall. He was known as the Prodigy Kid from a very young age because of his potential. And looking at the years to come, the nickname fits him just fine. He was seen dedicating his rewards throughout his karting career to his mom. And he will quote where he says it helped keep him grounded. And now transitioning Wayne from cards, Oscar earned a spot in the single-seater world. Yeah, 2016 was a year of transition for Oscar because when he was entering that single-seater world, he was joining Formula 4. Now, he landed his first major sponsorship as well, and that was HP Tuners, a sponsorship founded and owned by his father. And with this, he was able to start funding that racing career. Now, you gotta know, he wore this sponsorship proudly, and it was on his car and his suits. We ended up seeing Oscar debut in a few selected rounds at the Formula 4 UAE Championship, and this was with the Dragon F4 team. He did pretty well, actually, and we saw him take two podiums and six in the championship. In 2017, Oscar continued with F4, but this time with his first full season with the F4 British Championship with TRS Arden Junior Racing Team. The first half of the season was dominated by the eventual winner, Jamie Caroline, but in the second half, Oscar started winning races and was able to finish in second, above his friend Logan Sargent, who finished third. Oscar won six races, with six pole positions and 15 podiums in his first season of F4. This would be his only full year in F4 as he moves on to Formula Renault EuroCup, as Chelsea will now talk about. Yeah, so Oscar actually did pretty well in the Renault EuroCup. He was there for 2018 and 2019, and both were technically pretty good years for Oscar. So he reunited with Arden for the 2018 season, and there he was able to achieve three podiums in his debut season, with a highest place finish of second at the second race in Hockenheim. And with that, he finished overall in ninth in the championship. So, I mean, not bad for your first time. And then the second season was a way better one for Oscar because here he switched over to the reigning team champions. And this was RAS GP for the 2019 championship. So this season, a little more exciting. You know, Oscar claimed his first and second victory at Silverstone. It was the same weekend. And he also became the first driver to win three races in 2019 after taking another victory at Spa in July. So with all of that, he ended up becoming the champion for the 2019 season. And this was after taking a win and fourth place at the final round in Yas Marina. After winning the 2019 Formula Renault EuroCup, Oscar joined the Renault Sport Academy in January of 2020. He then went on to compete in the 2020 F3 Championship with Prima Racing alongside teammates Frederick Vesti and Logan Sargent. He started strong by winning the first race of the season as a rookie 
and went on to get three consecutive second place finishes. He gets his second and final win of the season in Spain. But it was a close fight for the win this year, with Oscar and his teammate Logan tied for 160 points going into the final race in Mugello, with Theo Porcher close behind. Despite finishing the final race in 7th, Oscar manages to maintain the lead and wins the F3 championship in his rookie season by only 3 points. Theo finished in one, with 161 points and Logan with 160, which shows just how close it was. After winning the F3 championship, he participated in his first F1 test with the Renault F1 team in October of 2020 at the Bahrain International Circuit. Having conquered F3, Oscar was now off to F2. In December of 2020, Piastri announced that he would continue with Prima Racing into Formula 2, and by doing that, he would replace Mick Schumacher and partnered Ferrari Driver Academy member Robert Schwartzman for the 2021 season. Piastri finished fifth in his debut race, and then in the second race, he started from sixth and made up places before overtaking fellow Alpine junior Zhou Guanyu on the final lap to take the lead, claiming his first ever Formula 2 race win. Piastri started the feature race from eighth place, but passed multiple cars to take the lead by lap 13 of 32. He was later forced into retirement after making contact with Dan Tictum and spinning with two laps remaining. Oscar then managed to take consecutive second place finishes at Monaco, which then bumped him up to second place in the championship standings behind Joe. Oscar unfortunately retired from the first sprint race in Baku after a collision on the first lap, but managed to finish second in the feature race. He claimed pole position at Silverstone and took first in the championship standings after finishing sixth in the first sprint race. Silverstone seems to be a nice little track for Oscar, where he has some good fortune. At the end of the fourth round, he had the championship lead by five points over Joe. At Monza, Piastri took his first feature win in the series and increased his championship lead with another pole and win at Sochi. Piastri became the second driver that season after Jerry Vips to win two races on the same weekend. Oscar managed to clinch the title with a podium in race one at Yas Marina, making him the third driver to win the championship in their rookie season. He ended his season with a win in the feature race, his fourth in a row, which meant that Piastri had won six races more than any other driver that season. With his championship title, Piastri joined Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton, Nico Hülkenberg, Charles Leclerc, and George Russell as the only drivers to win the GP2-F2 title in their rookie seasons. He also became the fifth driver after Hamilton, Hülkenberg, Leclerc, and Russell to win the GP3-F3 title, and then the GP2-F2 title the following year and the first driver to win three consecutive F1 feeder series championships with his 2019 Formula Renault Euro Cup title. He's amazing. Love Oscar Piastri. And then moving into January of 2021, he remained a part of the Renault Academy, which was then rebranded to the Alpine Academy, and drove the Alpine A521 in the postseason Young Drivers Test at the Yas Marina Circuit in December. And that leads us into his Formula One star and debut. But before we get started, we're going to hit 2022 as he was a reserve driver for Alpine. So Oscar was appointed 
as Alpine F1 team's reserve driver for the 2022 season after his impressive stint in the F2 championship. He was also made available as a reserve driver for McLaren following an agreement between the two teams. He took part in Alpine's testing sessions in the A521 throughout the season at the Coda, Qatar, and Silverstone circuits. McLaren team principal Andreas Seidel later confirmed that Piastri had a private two-day testing session in a previous spec McLaren car at the Paul Ricard circuit the week before the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Now for the very interesting time that was before Oscar's debut in F1, his contract dispute between Alpine and McLaren. In June 2022, it was reported that Piastri was set to drive for Williams in 2023 on loan from Alpine, who were supposed to keep Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso as their driver lineup in 2023. However, Fernando decided to throw a wrench in everyone's plan, and he announced that he would leave the team to replace Sebastian Vettel at Aston Martin. Alpine then announced Piastri would, pl- would replace Alonso in 2023, although the press release contained no quotes from Oscar himself. Piastri immediately rejected Alpine's announcement on Twitter, stating that he had not signed a contract with the team and that, would he- and that he would not be driving for them in 2023. I will never forget his tweet where he said, it was without my understanding or agreement that I would be driving for Alpine, and that tweet lives in my mind until this day because I think it was just such an iconic moment. Alpine team principal Otmar Schaffner criticized Piastri's actions and quote-unquote integrity as a human being, saying that he expected loyalty from the former academy driver and threatened to take the contract matters to court, which he did. So a hearing of the FIA's Contract Recognition Board, or CRB, commenced on the 29th of August in 2022, where they would essentially determine whether Oscar was contracted to Alpine or if he could join a different team for 2023. If Alpine won their case with the board, they could have made Oscar fulfill his contract and race for them in 2023, or it could have sought a compensation fee for Piastri services from any other interested teams. Before the Dutch Grand Prix, the CRB ruled against Alpine, with Piastri's move to McLaren confirmed shortly after. In their final judgment, the CRB also revealed the date Piastri had formally signed his McLaren contract, which was July 4th of 2022. This contract initially only guaranteed Piastri with a reserve role for 2023, with an upgrade to a race seat if the team was able to agree to a contract termination with Daniel Ricciardo. Piastri said a quote-unquote breakdown in trust between him and Alpine was behind this decision to leave the team. So now we're going to get into his McLaren seat. After a crazy debate on who is going to get Oscar, the Australian racing driver Oscar Piastri got to realize his ambitious 12-year-old dream has finally come true. In 2023, when he made his Formula One debut officially, with McLaren. I want to scream and just say woohoo, but like, I don't want to blow everybody's eardrums. So, the start of Oscar's first year racing in Formula One has been quite impressive for the rookie. 
being in the top 10 with points for eight out of the 16 races so far this season, with one podium even getting third place. Currently, Oscar's highest placement has been P3 at the Japan GP, followed by fourth at Silverstone and fifth at the Hungarian GP, with only one DNF at the start of the season in Bahrain. He seems to be a solid midfield driver, starting to show that this rookie could be a threat for some of the top drivers on the grid. I see the potential for a future driver's championship for him, but we shall see what the future holds. So a quick fun fact, Oscar is the first rookie since 2017 to get on the podium in their rookie debut and got to share this podium with his teammate Lando Norris. Lando was making sure he got the full podium experience with that champagne being all over Oscar. Was truly so cute to watch. He currently stands in ninth place overall in the Drivers' Championship with a total of 57 points. Quite impressive seeing him start off so strong and look forward to seeing him at McLaren for years to come and see what the rest of the season brings. And now that we've talked all the professional, that is Oscar, he's a very professional man on the grid, I would like to talk about his unprofessionalism on Twitter. And Megan... I want you to start us off because, girl, I know that you follow him and his mom. Listen, I just, all I have to say is if you don't know the DRS tweets Oscar had a couple years ago, I think you need to go on check on Twitter and check those out because him and his love-hate relationship with his DRS is honestly one of the funniest Twitter threads I think I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And also his mom commenting on kind of like every move he makes during race weekend. It's just the cutest thing, and I love the support from his mom. I just want to see her at a race, you know, and see what she would do in person, because I know his dad's there, and I know last weekend the joke on Twitter was, oh, like, someone get me a plane ticket to see the race since he qualified P2. And Zach Brown chimed in on the Twitter escapade and was like, I'll buy you a plane ticket. I'll get you here right now. But yeah, I love Oscar and his unhingedness. Is that a word? I'm going to say it's a word. I think it's a word. On Twitter, especially his cooking and the steak that he most recently most recently did on Twitter where he's like, look, I chefed it up. I am Yuki Sonoda. I made a steak. Look at me. But that's I just love him and I love Twitter and I love when they're combined. The best part about the steak tweak is because it was while the rest of F1 Twitter was just an absolute shambles over some other kind of rumor that was happening at that time. And then Oscar was just like, hey, look at this steak. So it was just completely out of left field. And like you can definitely tell where he got his sense of humor from. Um, his mom. And it's just really cute to see. Uh, and you can tell like as he's been in F1 a little bit longer, we're kind of getting like sassy Oscar on Twitter back. As recently as uh, I believe it was the Singapore GP, it was Barton Brundle's gridwalk, and he was talking to Oscar and then just started, you know, like screaming happy birthday at Esteban. And so Oscar just kind of like walks off, just leaves. And so on Twitter, he was like, hey, like Martin Brundle, let's let's finish that uh, talk in Japan. 
you know? So he's just, it's just really funny, like quick little comments and they're very enjoyable. I feel like Oscar's an old man trapped in like a 20 year old's body just because of his sense of humor and how kind of like chill and like in flow state he is. But he also seems so wise and so funny for someone who's my age. Because him and I are similar ages, which is also crazy to think about. But, I don't know. Like, he seems older than Lando. And more mature than Lando. And Lando's older than him. So, I just love that. I'd agree to that, Meg. Because in a lot of aspects, you notice that Lando seems to be, like, a little bit more, like, immature slash fun person and oscar's the like chill just like goes with the flow but then laughs at him for every funny thing that lando does but then on twitter like you see the unhinged oscar behind the scenes that you don't typically get to see in person i don't know if you guys remember when the season first started everyone was saying oscar was so plain and boring and they were like oh he doesn't do anything And all I could think, because I remember when I started seeing he was on the grid, the first thing I did was check social media, and I saw his Twitter, and I was like, oh, this kid's funny as hell. And everyone's like, oh, he's so boring. I'm like, just wait. Give him a second. I think he's going to be worse than Lando if we just give him the openness to be himself. Because at this point, Lando doesn't even sit correctly in interviews. He has gotten lower and lower every year to the point where he is almost about to fall off the chair because he does not care anymore. Honestly, pairing Oscar up with Lando was probably the perfect teammate combination because they feed off each other so well. And it's very strong siblings energy between those two. And like their little competition games they have. And then McLaren kind of being open to the silliness. Also great to see. I think not only are they a great pairing personality wise, but also driving wise. I think they are the best pairing on the grid personally, just because... They both can contribute to the team's success. It's not one driver over another. It's both of them that have been successful and up there fighting. And they are both really damn good at what they do. So I just, those are my boys. I love them so much. And I'll never forget the recent video that they did in Japan where they were trying the different snacks. And we got to see a little glimpse of Oscar um, state that you know he's a little worldy he he knows Japanese and he speaks it and he was like very interested in reading the labels and like talking it out which was super cool because you don't typically see that side of drivers you see the racing side you see some of the stuff they do outside but you don't see some of the schooling that they go through because a lot of times you don't see them do school Or if you do, it's like a behind the scenes and then they don't tell you about it. So that was super cool as well. I will say I don't think many of them are nerds and in the sense that they're like fans of school. Because even Max the other day, when they're asking those questions about do you think about the Roman Empire? He's like, the last time I thought about it was in school and I don't think about school. (laughs) I'm like, valid. That's extremely valid. Like, I wouldn't either. I do think Oscar probably was the most that like life school because I remember him talking about how he did I don't really know how the British educational system works but he did like the engineering math like the the science like test courses that you can take that you don't necessarily have to take in school and he was doing that while he was competing in racing which when you're have to like 
be out of school for all of that time for all of the races you have to attend. I feel like that's not the easiest thing in the world. And like in the questions where they're like, what would you do if you weren't an F1 driver or race driver? He does say like he'd be an engineer versus like a lot of people say management or golf. So I think he is kind of one of the more like interested in like the technical side of things and he might understand it a little bit better. Especially with with his RC racing and like kind of going through everything, he just seems like he's more on like the technical side of driving. And I will say that kind of makes sense because his dad is very into cars and the technical stuff, and he does have a background in like the. Well, I don't believe he has like an engineering degree. He has the knowledge from like an engineering background with his like business that he runs. So I could see that. And one of the things that I got to see when I was doing like my research and looking up everything was that he actually learned a lot of like the cars in and outs through his dad. So I think that helps give him like an advantage sometimes like when he was like moving up, knowing kind of the structure of it, knowing how it goes and the expectations of like the car and everything. So I I could see that. And he seems like the guy who loves school. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's probably why he's been doing so well this season. Because when you know the car well enough to tell the engineers what's wrong and like what could be better and where they could fix this and etc. I mean, it's kind of like how Veto would do. So I think knowing your car the way that Oscar says he does, he's going to be doing very well in Formula One. Like this season is the sprinkle of what hopefully will continue to happen with him if McLaren keeps doing well, because he is signed with them until 2026. And a lot of things in Formula One, you just kind of have to learn by doing. So like the things that Oscar's currently struggling with, like the tire degradation and everything, that's just something you kind of have to learn while you're in the sport. And so this is only his first year. So, you know, as Chelsea mentioned, like he's contracted with McLaren until 2026, which is a long time. I think currently McLaren, that driver pairing of him and Lando is one of the longest since most people's contracts are up in the next, you know, next year, really, 2024. So we'll see both of them together for a while. Yeah, because his current contract was set to be up in 2024 and then signed a multi-year deal even before he got P3 at Japan, and which was pretty phenomenal. Like, I wonder if sometimes him getting that deal and knowing that like, I have a seat secured for four more years, three more years, sorry, my math was wrong in my head, if that pushed him to do even better in Japan to just further improve himself sometimes. Because, you know, that's not, that's not really the norm for a rookie right out the gate to go ahead and get a multi-year contract signed. Usually it's like a one-year extended deal or like a two-year deal, but a three-year deal, that's pretty significant. I will say I'm not surprised. I feel like McLaren, since they really got Lando, have been trying to build a team around Lando. And then finding Oscar was like finding the perfect teammate in their head. So they want to keep everything together as long as they can. And with how well Oscar was doing, I wouldn't be surprised if there had been whispers of other teams wanting him that pushed McLaren to say, hey, we're going to hold on just a little longer to your talent. 
And I'm sure, not that we ever want to see this, but I'm sure if he really wanted to leave the contract one day, he could. They've all done it before. So I honestly hope it goes very well for him. I see McLaren doing really well for the rest of the season. So I think it's going to be really fun in Coda. I'm so excited for Coda. I can't even like contain it anymore. We're literally right around the corner. And I am just praying to God that Oscar and Lando are on the podium and I get to scream because I'll be there and like just fangirl. But yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't, I was talking about this the other day with some of my friends. I don't think that the rookie season this year has been very impressive as a whole, right? You know, like compared to 2019 or something like that one is still here, all three of them. So if you think about it that way, like the rookies this season, like Oscar is just kind of outshining them. And I feel so bad because I know that him and Logan have like that kind of like they did the journey together almost in a little sense, you know, one of those seasons here and there in those years. So it's crazy to just see the difference in a rookie on podium and a rookie that stays in the bottom five. And I don't know whether it's the car, because at the beginning of the season, we were calling McLaren a tractor. I don't really think it's the car at this point, because even back then, Oscar was still doing pretty well for a rookie. I think that it's just kind of amazing to see the difference in talent in people that were almost kind of like on the same journey. And I don't know. I think that with Lando and Oscar, McLaren's gonna really have a good chance of like kicking Red Bull's ass. No offense to Casey. Not this year, but maybe next year. I would wholeheartedly agree. I think they are, like I said before, as a driver pairing, and once they get the McLaren where they need it to be, I think they're going to be unstoppable. Just because, like I said, they have two very strong, very competitive drivers who they, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. I don't really seeing Oscar and Lando clashing just because they both want what's best for the team. And they're, they both want to do well, respectively, and they want each other to do well. And there's been opportunities for it, and they haven't. So I think it'll be a good driver lineup for a long time. I think it also helps that they're pushing each other to get better as they go because they're kind of on par. Like you honestly can forget that Oscar's a rookie half the time because he's pretty, he's up there. He's pretty close to Lando with a lot of things. And his personality is just so chill that even when they literally hit each other or almost hit each other in that one race earlier this year, it wasn't like a big blow up there wasn't like a big fight or anything they just kind of kept working through it and continue to work well as teammates and they have a long time to you know get to know how they each other works like with the team and everything so i think if mclaren can keep up their development work i think we're gonna have uh some fun races and i for one agree with meg i don't see them or foresee them clashing in the future but we shall see what the future comes and with that we're going to go ahead and move into probably one of my favorite bits of the episode our priatro with meg all righty so for this week's priatro i am going to be saying the iconic oscar piastri tweet from the contract debate 
So here it is. I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. End quote. And I love that shortly thereafter, McLaren posted that he would be driving for them, and he goes, can't wait to get started. But yeah. That, that wraps up our pre-outro for the week, and now we are going to head into the outro with Hannah. I love doing these driver spotlights and learning more. Let us know your favorite thing about Oscar Piastri on our socials. Everywhere we are Paddock Girls Podcast, except on Twitter. There you can find us at Paddock Girls Pod. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast wherever ever you listen from like apple spotify and now even on tiktok thanks for joining us in the past today see you next time bye craig bye craig bye craig goodbye craig